Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. Its number is 666. Welcome to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about horror movies. So, um, some of them are going to be old ones, some will be new ones, and we're going to spoil a lot of what we talk about. This is your warning to turn back now. (laughs) So, if you don't like your stuff spoiled, there you go. We're a bunch of horror fans, we're a bunch of artists, we're not professional critics so don't worry about our opinions too much unless you want to send us stuff you you know if you want to if you want to send us promotional materials or whatever contact us on facebook or instagram we are chewing the scenery on instagram and something similar to that on facebook uh thank you to the moon rays for giving us that intro creature feature song at the top of the show if you hear any other music that doesn't sound like a theme well that's just us being you know stylized and cool you know, maybe we threw some Blue Oyster Cult in at the beginning of this one. <laughs> Something about devils mm. or some Iron Maiden. Mm. Maybe maybe we did that in editing. Maybe the devil went down to Georgia. Maybe we'll have some Hillbilly Devil stuff. Hillbilly Devil. <laughs> Man, that's a 70s concept. Mm. Isn't it? Hillbilly Devil. <laughs> Man, that is, that is yet another great idea we've come up with. Yes, well, it's an idea don't know if it's great but it is an idea well it's better than 90 percent of the crap that's out <laughs> it there. is uh so what have you watched since last time jolian uh it's been satan all the way satan satan uh, with a side of satan yeah brief side trip to killer clowns from outer space but mm-hmm. basically a whole bunch of satan whole bunch of satan i don't know what the collective noun is for satan's a whole lot of satan going on yeah I spent a lot of uh, Monday at the library. I was uh, done a bit of research on on the fella, and uh, um, I was hoping to go in there and, and find some like locked away department where there'd be these cursed books they keep from the public. But no, no, they, they don't I'd... let the public in there. <laughs> I just asked this lady, and she said, "Oh yeah, at the back." In the corner. Where's your Satan section, ma'am? Where's your section on Satan? <laughs> yeah, I just asked for religion. Yeah. All it's scratch. A, you go back in the corner and it's like shelves about UFOs and the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot. And oh, the yeah. the next one over is I remember religion. all of those. So was there anything of substance? Yes, I, I, I looked in every Christian-related religious book and... 
every every book that had a reference to Satan, I, I looked up um, the relevant pages and got some notes down. I was, I was trying to find out the like deri- derivation of the name and mm-hmm. where it started and so on. Just so like an adversary? Yeah. You knew already. I could I have knew, just asked. I knew, yes, what you a could waste have of asked. time. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> he pops up in the book of Job, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Genesis? Yeah, Job, yeah. Um, uh, the, Job is this guy who's all set up. He's got kids and, yeah. and he's got his, you know, his, his He's doing all right for himself. Yeah, he's, doing, he's doing really well. And, and God says, you can never touch this guy. And and Satan says, I bet I could. And uh, so God says, all right, then I'll hand him over to you and do, do your worst. Yeah. And, he, and he does. He does. He kills everybody he knows. Kills his kids, gives them plague. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Job never loses faith, though. That's right. Yeah, uh, Satan is from the Hebrew Hasatan, hmm. uh, which means adversary. And in the Hebrew Bible, he was the fir- he was the uh, public prosecutor for God. Um, the only uh, the only place in the Hebrew Bible where he could possibly be a proper noun is um, in First Chronicles chapter twenty one verse one. Uh, Satan stood up against Israel and incited David to number Israel. Which might still refer to him being a legal official who's yeah asking David to do a census of the country. Oh, okay. So, anyway, we were talking about what we've seen. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, you've seen a bunch of books. Yeah. Covered in dust. Yeah. 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 Bound so, in human flesh. So uh, I'll, I'll get back to what I found out. But what have you seen? Will tell us. What have I seen? Yeah. Uh, I saw three movies on Satan. <laughs> uh, I watched the first couple episodes of Stranger Things. And how did you oh, yeah. feel about that? It's well, okay if you didn't like it. You can say you didn't like it. <laughs> I did not care for it. Stranger you... Things felt as though it was a best of clip show. Mm. Of Do you feel like every it's fan service? Sci fi sort of horror movie. Yeah, a lot of fan service, a lot of nostalgia um it just seemed like i i might have enjoyed it even more if it was really a clip show (laughs) but rather than writing a story they just wrote down their 25 favorite scenes from sci-fi in the last 30 years and then put them all together to make a movie um the, the fact they said it in the 80s, I heard a lot of people argue, well, you couldn't have cell phones. Look, you, people are writers. You can get around the cell phone, social media, anything. Use the isolation there. Yeah. Oh, shit, I can't log on to Facebook. Right. <laughs> right. I, I, I live downtown. If you call the cops. Yeah. They don't turn up the right away just because you've got show... a cell phone. Yeah. Or if you're out in the middle of nowhere, even if you get a signal, people yeah. can't just teleport there. Maybe when we have teleporters, things will get a little stranger. But again, your writers, right around it. So they said it in 1983 for no reason. Hmm. Well, I, I do. Other than the nostalgia. I Exactly. I think that's why they did it. I've been uh, off, offline for a while and I got back on Facebook and people were, were having fun with this uh, app where you can write any words you want in this 80s typeface with this um, Stranger Things app. Oh, okay, yeah. App. 
Yeah, I think they even took that font from a Stephen King book. Right. Oh, it does look very Stephen King. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it, but I kind of recognized in the first 10 minutes that it was somebody's love letter to their childhood, to their it, favorite stuff of the 80s. I don't know if either of you seen it, but there's a have seen it, but there's a British comedy called Garth Marenghi's Dark Places. I've been told about this. I've not seen it. It's a fake documentary. It's like six episodes because it's British. British, yeah. Uh, there's a national. There's like a law against like doing anything past a certain number of episodes. Yeah, yeah. if you do more than twelve episodes, we <laughs> stop watching them. <laughs> I think you're taken out and shot, right? Yeah, they have some some red coats take you out. And, uh, uh, anyway, um, throw you off a tower, maybe. Mm-hmm. Garth Marenghi's Dark Places is about a writer who's sort of a British Stephen King, or more closely, I think a. Uh, Oh, now his name jumps right out of my head. Uh, Dean Koontz. That's what I was going to guess. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to say so R.L. Stein. Evidently, <laughs> according to the show, they're they're doing a kind of behind the scenes of his show that he did in the 80s called Dark Places. Well, called Garth Marenghi's Dark Places. And it is terrible. It is the worst 70s show. And it's got... It's got a lot of people you recognize from other recent, fairly recent British comedies. Uh, it's exactly what Dark Places or uh, Stranger Things reminded me of. Okay. So, you know. Are you going to continue on and watch the whole thing? Or are you just going to check out? I'll give it two more episodes. I've not seen it, but it sounds like Super 8 just done for tv it's a, it's a lot like super eight super eight millimeter yes man those <laughs> kids got away with murder which was the line on the poster watch these kids get away with murder it was moita um i'll give two more episodes which will put me at the halfway point um boy howdy it is <laughs> You're the first person I've heard who didn't really like it. Yeah, it just, we watched it, we started last week after the podcast, and it was not gripping because it feels like everything you've seen before. Mm -hmm. But they're not doing anything with that. Uh, You know, they have the girl who's from some secret lab has no past but she's a telepath hey wait didn't they do that in the x-files they did that in every show for the last 50 years there was nothing in the show stranger things that was new wait didn't they do that in firestarter yes it was heavily firestarter yeah they i think i really would have preferred if you could make a movie out of clips from 80s films Called, and have it coherent. <laughs> called I Heart Stephen King. Mm. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, oh, man. I really enjoyed it. I think, give it the two more episodes. You you might decide to hell with it. I'm just going to watch. And you might end up liking it more than you think. Or you might feel exactly like you do now. <laughs> I'm not sure where you're going to go with it. Because you surprised me a couple times with things you've liked or haven't liked. Will is the great iconoclast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you, can, you can definitely be the, uh, the voice of dissent sometimes. And that's yeah. okay. 
Yeah. No one's. No I one's like gonna... to think that I'm a bit of a wild card on what <laughs> I've liked and what I don't like. Or, or, or a curmudgeon, maybe. <laughs> bit of a curmudgeon. I. I just really. I demand more of storytelling. Uh, it's been around forever. People should be pretty good at it by now. <laughs> and yeah, look how good they are at running and swimming. We're watching the Olympics, and holy shit. They want to do. They want to do shorthand. I mentioned this on another episode, mm-hmm. um, where they don't want you to spend any time getting to know these characters. It's just Winona Ryder plays another stressed out single mom <laughs> who's freaked out because her kid disappeared and her kid's talking to her through the, the lamp. We did give you a spoiler warning, dear listeners. So now you yeah, know. Yeah, Will's still alive. <laughs> Eleven is fire starter. Um, <clears throat> Barb gets eaten. I'll go ahead and spoil it all. It's uh, you don't know enough to spoil. It's it. a Dungeons and Dragons meets real life kind of thing. Yeah, you don't know enough to really spoil it. I no. could ruin it for everybody right now, but I'm not going to. I'll ruin it next week when I finish <laughs> watching it. <laughs> Hopefully by then everybody's seen it. Yeah. Well, I'll see what, because um, I edit this in GarageBand, I'll see if there's something really weird I can do with the sound, you know, to your voice. So it makes it like we, we can't understand what you're saying. <laughs> if you, you want to run it backwards. If you yeah. want to hear something really freaky, play our podcast at half speed, and it sounds like we're drunk. Because <laughs> we typically have one drink while we're recording this, and uh, I would probably drink more than one if I wasn't driving. But uh, you should uh, you should also play shellac at like one and a half faster times faster, and it sounds like a normal punk song. Oh, do really? do you want to hear? It's what, fantastic. Do, do you want to hear what we sound like at half speed? Do we sound like demons? We, we sound, you slow down. No, uh, we sound drunk. If you speed up Buck Owens, it sounds like uh, Dolly Parton. <laughs> that's just something I know because I played the record oh, at the that, wrong speed. That's my speed. favorite fact this week. Yeah. Here, let's see. I'm, I'm gonna, <clears throat> I'm I told gonna... some people who bought my stereo that, and they just gave me this blank look like, what? All right. Let's, I'm, I'm going to just fast forward this to something <laughs> random. So I think that uh, when we got on that thing last week. Now slow this down. We can do that next week. Luckily, it was me talking. Somebody, I think it was a British guy, he recorded a Blackbird and then he slows it down over the course of the track. Mm-hmm. In stages, but he retains the pitch, mm-hmm. so it gets incredibly slow. But it's beautiful, really. Oh, I imagine. It really yeah. makes you appreciate. That's what's it. nice about uh, uh, computer programs like GarageBand. You can speed things up. Uh, yeah, if you speed up Schlack, you can keep the pitch the same, mm-hmm. so he doesn't sound like a chipmunk. Right. But they're singing at at a normal punk's song rate right and so everything slowed down and then if in the inverse if you take a uh punk song and slow it as down as much as the shellac song you can make them sound a lot alike <laughs> that's pretty fascinating so yeah. yeah i think probably uh what's his name there i can't think of his name steve, steve albini. albini 
probably slowed down a tape at some point and decided, <laughs> hey, we should play at that speed. Yeah. I like that. What else have you watched other than Stranger Things? That's it. Hmm. Oh, no, that's not it. Hmm. I watched a YouTube video about uh, some guy's thoughts on Lost. Wow. <laughs> the first one was nine minutes long, I believe, or maybe seven minutes long. And the second one was about 15 minutes long. And they continued to double. And I just kept watching them. And it was like, okay, I can get through 19 minutes, you know. He's kind of interesting. He goes through each season and, and just points out everything that they just dropped immediately or forgot about or mm -hmm. how people change and just, I don't know. It's kind of snarky fun. Um, <laughs> I don't know if anybody ever watched the the Mr. Plinkett's review of the Star Wars prequels. No. Oh, it's this guy who does, his shtick is that it's a serial killer. <laughs> Some of it's kind of funny. Some of it's just whatever. Talk about the story. But he breaks down all three Star Wars prequels, and it's actually pretty interesting. Uh, I mean, it didn't point out anything really new, but uh, it's just kind of interesting to see on how many levels these things have failed. <laughs> well, if someone doesn't point it out, you know, it, you could just keep not noticing it. So it's maybe good to have things pointed out. Um, have you ever watched uh, any of the YouTube videos, The Nostalgia Critic? Yeah, I've seen him. No kidding. Yeah. Well, my friend Jim, uh, well, I don't know if he works on the production of the thing. Mm -hmm. um, he does something behind the scenes or at least is friends with the guy. Have you ever seen the one where they talk about uh, the sparkle, sparkle, sparkle one? Twilight? No. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't Donnie know. If, Darko? Is it Thomas? Is it uh, Thomas the Train? or what? Thomas the Tank Engine? Yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, it's uh, the, it's the one where you've got um, the Baldwin. There's a Baldwin. Oh, he narrates the American version. Yeah. Yeah, and there's at one point he just says "sparkle, sparkle, sparkle," and he disappears. <laughs> and they go on this whole the, the nostalgia critic goes on a whole rant about it, and then he opens the door and yells at this guy on the street, and uh, the guy on the street's my friend Jim. <laughs> So I've not seen that one. Yeah, he just says, oh, let's see if this works in real life. And he just goes over and whips the door open and goes, hey, sparkle, sparkle, sparkle. And Jim turns around and goes, fuck yeah, sparkle, sparkle, sparkle. <laughs> so he was just checking to see if that phrase worked. And uh, the best, the outtakes are the best part. Because <laughs> he starts saying, spokadoo, <laughs> by accident. So uh, that's a total tangent that has no place here. I don't know what the sparkle, sparkle, sparkle means. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a method of transportation for um, whichever Baldwin that is, Alec Baldwin. Is it Alec? It's Alec. Uh, He's in a train conductor uniform. Yeah, I've never seen Alec Baldwin. I saw an episode. George Carlin was actually the the no conductor, and then Ringo Starr was also a conductor. Mm. Oh, and wow. I like to laugh because it was Shining Time Station. But I called it Shining Path Station, which was, you know, <laughs> the Colombian drug. Right. Boards. That's not good. What have I watched, you might ask? Yes, Richard. We might. You might. You, you may not. But uh, I'm going to tell you anyway. I watched Blackula finally in my life. Okay. Never, good how, job. How have I never watched Blackula? I don't know. I feel like I should get a little fake trophy for this. Mm. I enjoyed it. Yeah. More than maybe I thought I would or more than I should have. 
Blackula was good. Yeah, William Marshall is, is really good, isn't he? He's a remarkable actor, and he's surrounded by other capable actors and a couple that aren't. Yeah. And the story isn't that great. Yeah, I don't remember liking the films that much, but he's he's really good. What was the remake? They remade... Scream. Well, they did Scream, Blackula, Scream was a sequel, but... Um... No, no, they made... Uh, and I don't remember who did it. Was it Eddie Murphy did a Dracula movie? Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he did Brooklyn. Apart from Brooklyn. That's yeah. it. So there was that. And uh, you remember I mentioned that I'd watched the very beginning of I Am Thor. Did you finish it? I watched the whole thing. I started it from the point I left off, which was 10 minutes in, and I watched it straight through to its finish. I mentioned it to, to uh, Eugenia tonight, and she was... She wants to watch it. She was fascinated and horrified at she once. She's like, oh my God, Mickle Thor. So. It's so weird, though. Like, I want to hand it to the guy for perseverance and uh, follow through and uh, having a vision. Um, Why are these people never plagued by self doubt? I don't know. <laughs> you really Why don't. do they just keep going, even <laughs> though everything sensible tells them to stop? Just stop. Yeah, um, there's a there's some really interesting points along the way where it's like, really, dude, you did that? That's interesting, and uh, oh, that's horrifying. It's part of the never die, never give up, never think things through attitude. <laughs> right. Well, and, and when he goes on this tour, it's kind of like that moment in um, this is Spinal Tap. Where the marquee is supposed to read Spinal Tap and Puppet Show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that moment, like many times over through this documentary. But at one point, they're doing some of these metal festivals in, in like Norse countries. And, uh, you know, you think, well, they're going to get laughed off the stage. And they just come out and they take themselves seriously. They really put it out there. They play their little hearts out. A crowd gathers. I mean, I don't want to ruin that the part. Tritons? Um. I don't think they call themselves... Maybe they do call themselves the Tritons. It's his original band. Okay. And at one point in time, there's an, there's some other musicians that have to fill in for parts of the tour. Um, but he's not afraid to go out and do his same old shtick and uh, have you know different people in different towns hired to do some costume stuff and have staged fights with him, which look awful. Hmm. Uh, he, I got to say, he's gone out and done it. Did you watch Satan's Cheerleaders? I did. Yeah. The acting was actually deplorable and worse than I am than uh, uh, so, Rock and Roll Nightmare. So the debate has been which is worse, Rock and Roll Nightmare or Satan's Cheerleaders? Satan's Cheerleaders is worse. Really? See, I thought that, and then I remembered there was that kid who had the bad Australian accent in Rock and Roll Nightmare. And I wanted to throw up. <laughs> Thought no, rock and roll nightmares worse. I can't decide. I honestly cannot decide. Is it throw up in your mouth or is it projectile vomit? You it's know? projectile, <laughs> right? Um, so have you seen the Anvil film? Not yet, and that I did have that in my queue, and I don't know if that's currently up on Netflix as a licensed thing, or it'll come back around if it's not. What is the the Anvil? Oh, there's a there was a band, an '80s metal band called Anvil, and they had. Uh, uh, a few years ago done a documentary about them and uh it was i think along similar lines where they were poised to be a bigger deal and then weren't and then they've kept doing what they do maybe they quit for a while i don't know I haven't watched the film but it's a documentary that that sort of uh 
chronicles the whole journey from, let's say, 79, 80, somewhere around there, when a band might start, all the way to present. Mm-hmm. And that is a long time. Yeah. Let's stick with it. It's, uh, it's not a sad ending. Oh, well, that's good to know. It's funny. Yeah, some of the stuff with uh, musicians that don't give up, some of it does get a little sad at times and uh, oh, yeah. hard, and hard to watch, Jeez. especially when, you know, they, they think they're going to do a proper tour and it turns out they're playing, you know, like coffee it shops. For and, any art form, you know. It's, oh, that's true. Yeah. The world of comics is <laughs> full yeah. of tragic <clears throat> stories. They're all happy. Everybody's <laughs> dreams were met. Sure. <laughs> they received all the credit they deserve. Oh, yeah. And money. Right. You know? In their lifetimes. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, let me wrap this up real quick. I, I also watched um, the third Jason Bourne movie in preparation again for the newer one that just came out. Okay. So whatever. So what would you call this one? Because um, part two was Born Again. Okay, so let's see. And I already threw out Bourne under a bad sign. Uh, maybe this one's called Stillborn, because he's still Jason Bourne. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like it. Go with it. Okay. Oh. Bourne Identity 3, Stillborn. Um, and then I watched a Rondo Hatton movie, House of Horrors, 1946. Um, I really enjoyed it. it yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I liked some Rondo how the hell was he only five nine and a half? He's he looked like he'd be the he tallest. He has the face of a six foot five man. Exactly. He's always in underlit though, so you yeah. Kind of he's underlit. He's he shot from a low angle. Yeah. yeah. I think he probably stands on something when he's with people. Well, people like Tom Cruise and Arnold Schwarzenegger on. They're microscopic. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Cruise is two and a half inches tall, I understand. He's a sprite. He lives in a bottle. (laughs) He's a sprite. He lives in a sprite bottle. (laughs) All right, enough. Let's talk about his dark lord. Oh, let's get back to Satan. Hail Satan. Yeah. Hail. Oh, oh, were we doing Satan? I thought it was Stan. Fuck, I'm sorry. I watch movies from the 70s about Stan. Darn, I did a whole bunch of Santa. Oh, I watched a bunch of things about satin. (laughs) Hail satin. It's nice and slippery. Yes. This this comedy routine we've got going here is as good as anything that the cheerleaders do in Satan's Cheerleaders. It's ten times better. I think when they all take turns adding on to this running joke, Uh, I think it's right up there. Oh, my God. That movie was so bad. Does your skull hurt from all the eye rolling? Yeah. Mine too. Uh, I believe the teacher was also the teacher in the movie Angel's Revenge. Uh, and one of the rival girls from the beach was also in that terrible, terrible 70s film. Did you see who the director of photography was? No. Yes. Dean Kundi. Dean Kundi. What in the actual hell happened here? Well, it was before he was good. Big name, you know. He's, yeah, he's starting out. must have been. Oh my god! <clears throat> Doesn't look bad. Yeah, and, and it's it all that. shot at like sunset, or you know, and he gets raking light. You know, everything's shot as if it's the end of the day. Yeah. You know, and you wouldn't mistake it for days of heaven, but it does a decent job. Shot at the end of the day because nobody got up <laughs> before noon on the set. <laughs> 
Well, I will say that the uh, the director, Graydon Clark, is in no danger of his huge uh, shelf full of uh, Oscars toppling and crushing him to death. <laughs> so He's only won two, right? <laughs> you know. the, uh, the woman who plays the teacher is his wife. Oh. Ah. All right. Um, her real name's Jackie Taylor, but she's billed as Jacqueline Cole. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All comes together now. It, it, All right. It explains how about, how about a lot. Another fact. <laughs> the sheriff's house. No, the uh, the sheriff whose whose name is uh, BL, BL Bub, Bub, played by John Island, and his <clears> wife <throat> is uh, Yvonne De Carlo. Mm-hmm. The sheriff's Will house. Thirteen years later, would be David Carradine's ranch. Well. David Carradine, son of John Carradine, who plays Bum. The Bum. Bum. <laughs> Both. Uh, he, play, he plays a, a buttock? Yes. Both in, in this the, and the, uh, and the uh, Satan School for Girls had a Bum. Yeah. No, he wasn't even a harbinger uh-uh. of, of doom or bad things. Yeah, no. he just asks for money and sends them on their way to doom. Yeah, and he has his uh, necklace and he laughs at them. And it's got two Oscar nominees in it, believe it or not. Was John Carradine one of them? Uh, no. Um, Jack Khrushchev, who plays the janitor, Billy Brooks, the janitor. Oh, man. He he got an Oscar nomination for The Apartment as a supporting actor, I think. Really? And uh, John Ireland, the sheriff Beelbub, he got, uh, I think, All the King's Men. Yeah, I can't possibly. Remember. Yeah. I can see him being an actual actor, but that guy who played the janitor... The, Oh, I've seen that guy in a bunch of stuff too. Yeah, is he is he awful in anything else, or is he is this the only thing he's awful in? Um, I can't say. I mean, it's seventies character actors. Yeah, I've seen him in TV. I mean, how good is the acting in television in the seventies? Um, Mr. Roper, Mr. Furley. We mm-hmm. talked about that last time. Yeah, although I do like the look of a seventies TV movie. Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I do like 70s TV horror movies. You know, although I was, as I was telling Eugenia, why did they set <clears throat> the start? This is Satan's school for girls. Why did they set the start in Los Angeles and then move it to Massachusetts? Oh, that's when the... it was clearly Los Angeles where they could have taken the character and have her move from Massachusetts that we don't see to Los Angeles that we do. Okay, so I don't know why it bothers me so much with the locale, but get it right, people. You're, ta- you're talking about Satan's School for Girls, yes. not Satan's Cheerleaders. No. Okay. Sorry. So we're to jump ahead. Backwards to... Moving back to Satan's Cheerleaders. <laughs> okay. We'll hop back to Satan's Cheerleaders. We don't want to just dismiss it without talking about some no, of No, we got to these... talk about it. There was a funny line. There were a few things that I laughed at. Yeah, it had some amusing bits, although the first half hour made me want to gouge my eyes out. Mm-hmm. When they're on the beach, it feels like it's going to be porkies or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and it just goes on and on and on and nothing yeah. happens. <laughs> I was so bored with this about an hour in. Oh, God. Yeah, I wrote down a couple of time codes on it. I'm like, <clears throat> 20 minutes in, nudity. Uh, hey, John Carradine's the bum. 30 minutes in, Mr. Brooks picks up the stranded girls. And uh, by the way, no safety belts. Mm-hmm. Then they arrive at Spawn Ranch. Spawn <laughs> Finally, one hour in, it gets quote unquote scary. And then uh, 
at an hour and 21. I liked how Patty there was already a witch. I guess. Yeah, and, I and, and that's at an hour 21 out of this hour and 35 minutes. I did not know any character names until they put names on their shirts. <laughs> right. Well, it's nice that they did. It made it easier to write down a note. Uh, but it's an hour and 21 and some seconds before we finally see that Patty is actually a weach and that the uh, cowardly lion statue is not properly secured. And it's wobbling around. <laughs> So, uh, we'll come. We'll come back around I, to that. I'm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead. All right. You want more Satan facts? Or? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Can't get enough of them. All right. So, you have these mentions of this this lawyer character in the Hebrew Bible. Uh huh. Um, then in the New Testament, Satan becomes a fallen angel. In Luke chapter ten, verse eighteen, I saw Satan fall like lightning Ooh. from heaven. Huh. Hmm. And then, and he's also a tempter. Matthew chapter 4, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That's the 40 days yes. and 40 nights thing. That's, uh, that's one of the bits the Church of Satan picked up on because it shows that Satan was in the position to offer him the world. Which is interesting. Well, maybe. Powerful. But that's what the, the Church picked up on. He's okay. a liar. <laughs> He's the well, king yeah. of liars. Why does right. anybody ever believe him? That's what I think, you know, like the fat janitor kept crying oh you promised me a wife i keep saying like yeah. satan would just go i'm a liar right I, liar. I told you right away i always tell the truth right, right. <laughs> yeah and why why does he like call down the power of satan to to get his revenge on kids he's been spying on you know if, if you had the power of Overkill. satan wouldn't you like play the stock market or no, nobody ever does anything sensible. <laughs> it's always murder your neighbors yeah. or, you know, kidnap a cheerleading group. <laughs> um, real quick, though, about the about um, Satan uh, tempting Christ in the wilderness. Uh, I thought Willem Dafoe did that really well. Oh, in the last tempted temptation. Christ? In the last temptation. No, mm. portraying Christ getting tempted or the the attempted tempting of Christ. Yeah. I thought Willem Dafoe handled that, that material really well. I didn't think Willem Dafoe could play Jesus, but that's a pretty damn good movie. Yeah. I Again, thought... I don't know that I've seen a bad Scorsese movie when I really think about it. No, he's done a couple of them that were like, oh, dude, that's an interesting choice. But Even then, but, but, if but you he... really sit and think about the movie, like that's not terrible. It was just maybe not something that grabbed my yeah. interest. Right. He doesn't do any I'm, bad I'm, work. I'm kind of amazed because I, at least in my mind, I kind of re write off, write him off for some reason. And uh, yet when I think about it, it's like, oh, he's, I don't think he's made a bad movie, a truly bad movie. I can't name one offhand. No, but then again, you know, sometimes a director will make a choice that's a risk. And he might have had a few of those, but... Oh, yeah. And I've not seen everything he's done. Yeah. I've seen a, you know, his early films before Mean Street, so it's, you know, they're interesting. I yeah. I wasn't excited about them, but... I can see those being less than... Yeah, with Stone from Mean great. Streets, there's... But, know, yeah. Hell of a run. Professional career, yeah. It's just... I'm kind of amazed, because he's not a director I automatically think of when I'd say, oh, a director I love. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of strange. I don't know why, but honestly, if I think about it, I don't think I've seen a bad movie from Scorsese. Well put. All right. All right. Should we get back to yeah, back Satan to... fact? Satan fact number three. It, 
in the New Testament, he also becomes the rebel angel in uh, Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 to 9. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they were defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. You know I'm totally putting echo effect behind your voice when I do the production on this. So that's when uh, (laughs) the angel Michael goes to war with the dragon and uh, casts him out. I like that. So then in the Middle Ages, he is when he acquires the hooves and the smell of sulfur and the horns and stuff. And then you actually get Satanism as a movement or as a cult appearing in the 12th century. Ah. And uh, and then it gets revived in France during the reign of Louis XIV in the uh, mid-17th century. Um, uh, And then in the 60s, you start to get, like, the Church of Satan was founded by Anton LaVey on Volpogosnacht in 1966. Yes. Um, uh, Volpogosnacht is is one of the two nights of the year when, uh, like, the spirit world opens up so it's halloween mm-hmm. halloween um, and sometime in april and it's and then the the day after it is may day so oh. anyway it's a good night for casting your spells yeah. and stuff um and then earlier that very month uh it, there was the time magazine cover story the easter issue of 8th of april uh which has the cover which is all black and then you have red type on it saying is god dead Ah. Oh. Which really shook up conservatives because you've got this quite conservative magazine. Even though Nietzsche had putting said that it question like on the cover, a <laughs> uh, yeah. hundred years earlier. So that was quite a, a stir caused by that. Uh, it was it it wasn't actually claiming anything like that. It was, no, it was actually about the this, the secular Christian movement of the time. But it, you know, it shook up the conservatives who were already worried by yeah equal rights and. Stuff like that. Uh, and then you have, uh, in 68, Rosemary's Baby is this huge hit. So they were worried about yes. America not being great anymore, is what that was. Yeah. Again. Okay. Yes. Um, so 68, you have Rosemary's Baby, a huge hit. Happens to have Anton LaVey in it. Uh-huh. Uh, and that, But that really kicks off the whole... Filmed at the Dakota. Because yeah. cause up till then, the uh, Satan had been this kind of comical character and some... Some crafty Irishman gets the better of him, and, yeah. Or uh, you know, they've been uh, Hexen and yeah, uh, films like that. But yeah, he wasn't he wasn't in films much for some reason. If it was people would just shied away from it, or yeah, I, I wonder why. But then he burst out in the seventies. Yeah, oh yeah, the seventies were very big for yeah. Satan. And I read some theory that it was you know, kind of the natural fallout from manson and yeah. and just the dark side of all the new age right stuff in the 60s and like uh all the institutions that people had taken for granted and yeah. had respected that that all all at once it was kind of falling apart you know like the government the police yeah uh, religion so people like their faith was rattled you know what what do you believe in so people are casting about for alternative religions and stuff so maybe the youth were more easily brainwashed by uh, someone else's doctrine back then Mm -hmm. and it was easier to start a cult or whatever i listened to um a podcast last week sword and scale and uh they were talking about the um 
Reverend Jim Jones mm-hmm. uh, thing. And it was stunning to me that he was able to get control over such a large group of people and get them to go to another country and be out in the jungle and uh, follow everything he said. You know, it, it, it's, it, it boggles the mind to think that that somebody as an individual could do that. Mm-hmm. You know, an ideology getting a bunch of followers and having a bunch of leaders, I could see that a little more easily, like how does that happen? But for one individual just to be like, I've got all the answers, I'm the guy, <laughs> seems weird. Yeah. But yeah. it happened more back then. Yep. It, maybe, it happens still. It does. It does. But no. I would say, though, that we had more people like uh, Manson and Jim Jones and the Reverend Moon and all these other cats. We had more of them back then, or at least maybe. We, it's just because we haven't heard of the current ones. Maybe that's it. You know, who's, you know, the new well, now Apple got, White. Now they've got cell phones. Right. Yeah, cell phones. Just you can't have a cult if you've got cell phones in the world. Somebody might Google or, your, you know, yeah. Facebook, because then it'll all be all over social media, and right. you can't sacrifice you can just, the seventh whatever, victim. Whatever they're saying, you can just look it up. And... Yeah, immediately, and see if they're telling the truth. God, <laughs> it's spoiled everything, hasn't it? It's spoiled everything. If you're a shitty writer, <laughs> hey, I can't get a signal here. <laughs> Can any of you guys get uh, a signal? Has technology yeah. never failed any of these people? <laughs> You've had the internet out for this week, you said. Yeah, for the last week and a half. Yeah. It feels terrible, doesn't it? I Well, because, like, apart from you guys, the only humans I speak to are Emily. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm stuck in my flat just drawing all day. Oh, yeah. She's the only live human I speak to. It's it? terrible. So the, the internet is the only. Only contact with the outside world. Will, you once said that if there was a button that you could push to make the internet disappear, you would just, without hesitation... I would push it without hesitation, yes. What do you think would be different Uh, if you did that? I could go back to searching out obscure media (laughs) and not have everything just... Researchable. You know, touch of a button. Right. I, I, I realize I kind it's of very have selfish. This, like rosy memory of you know things being hard to find, and, and only a few people would know about yes, stuff. Yes, I now, like, have this. It's so easy. Yes, this real nostalgia for that mm-hmm. of of hunting something down, and not everybody had heard of you know there's some, wood or there's something that that's really off putting about having every lazy stupid person able to just put their opinions in your face all the time that's what i don't like about the internet and it that's been more of a problem in the last 5 years than it was before that so <laughs> i don't know everybody's always been a jerk on the internet but there's just more jerks now it's i don't know i think it's always well, been it, it that magnifies way. it though it's a loud it speak if it's just because you have anonymity yeah, yeah. And you can come out and just say whatever horrible thing you either believe or don't believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. Let's move on yeah, back more to Satan, Satan. More Satan. Right. And less internet. <laughs> Satan invented the internet. So, uh, he may have. I've, I've got a list of all these movies and TV movies which feature Satan from the 70s. Well, there was his, that Three's Company decade. episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was big in TV. On it was like the golden age of the American TV horror. Mm-hmm. Um, 
1970, you've got a Filipino one called Beast of the Yellow Knight. I've seen that. Directed by Eddie Romero, starring John Ashley, of course, and Vic Diaz, isn't it, of course, uh, where the Satanists save John Ashley from death on condition he takes the, on the souls of his victims. Yeah. It's pretty dull. Yeah, it's <laughs> super dull. It's not as good as like, the <clears throat> Dr. Blood movies. No, it is It is slow as Christmas. But the next one I have listed is 1970, Blood on Satan's Claw, a.k.a. Which Satan's Claw. I watched. Which is terrific. I watched it, it also. It was good. Did you yeah. watch it? Yeah, we have seen it You've a few seen times. it before, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those great like rural oh, it was... worship movies like Wicker Man. and The original Wicker Man. The original Wicker um, Man. It made me think of The Witch a lot. Tamlin. Yeah. Yeah. Another good one. But... Um, <clears throat> Yeah. It was a good slow burn movie. Really atmospheric. Yeah, it was good. And yeah. they, they actually made with the gore a few times in mm-hmm. it, too, for um, a movie that could have easily not done that. Oh, yeah. It gets all the exploitation stuff in there Yeah, yeah. as well. But it was um, a movie that took itself seriously without being totally stuffy. Because some, some movies, it's just like, wow, I, it's such dense material, such stuffy attitude. So like the, the opening where it's just like the you're right down in the plowed field and the crows are going it just yeah puts you right in that like mucky medieval english countryside yeah and the part where the guys are are marching across the field that huge green field with the mm, torches yeah i did a screen capture of that because it looks so cool yeah yeah anyway, yeah we all recommend that one I yeah think. absolutely yes. we can like say that out front yeah uh, it's got some nudity, some seventies nudity. Yeah, she, which uh, was evidently cut out in the American release. She seduces the priest, and she yeah, you know, she just walks in the room naked, which is, you know, usually a, a pretty solid move for you know any attractive woman who's trying to tempt somebody. Um, but it, I, I think it didn't work. In this it case. didn't work. No. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to spoil that one. You, you'll no. check it out. Okay, the next one I have is um, also from 1970. The Brotherhood of Satan, director Bernard McKevity. Uh, if you re- remember nothing else about this movie, the beginning is there's this toy tank with flashing lights. Uh-huh. Do, does this ring a bell? It, it does. Okay. And then there's this family car, and you hear the family screaming. And the this full-size tank wheels crush the car with the people in it. And then you see the wreckage, and there's this bloody hand holding a crucifix poking out of it. And then this little boy dressed as a cowboy picks up the toy tank and carries it back to this group of children. And all the screen blacks out apart from one of the girls. No, I'm not seeing this. Uh, and then, then what happens after the credits is like a, 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 there's a couple of lovers and his daughter are driving through the desert and they come upon this town and everyone's crazy. Like they're immediately assaulted by the sheriff Um people coming at them with axe and that's axe why and, you don't travel yeah um and no one can get out of this town yeah uh yeah but it, and it you realize there's something satanic going on after a while but it's got uh strother martin lq jones charles bateman Anna capri it's it's pretty quirky fun all um, right stuff like, um okay uh 1970 virgin witch i think this was british Director Ray Austin were a, a bunch of uh, uh, photographic models lured out to this mansion where there's this guy who dresses up as Satan so that he can have it off with women. I think we've all been there. Yeah. 
It's the <laughs> oldest trick in the, the book. The devil costume works every time. It does. All right. Okay. Uh, staying in 1970, Las Amantes del Diablo, director Jose Maria Lorieta. I can't remember if this is Spanish or South American. I don't know anything about that apart from that. All right. 1971, Black Noon, a TV movie with uh, Roy Thins. Is it Thinnes or Thins? T-H-I-N-N-E-S. He was in this. He was know. famous for this TV series called The Invaders. Oh, okay, just kind of like The Fugitive, but with aliens. Yeah, I've not seen many of those. Yeah, it's like one of those paranoia series. Uh huh. And you can usually spot the aliens because they got a stiff little finger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that, but uh, yeah. But anyway, he was in several um, like occult things in the seventies, like the the Norlis tapes. It was one of the hmm. Dan Curtis films. Yeah, when he was working on Coljack. And uh, he was in this one called uh, The Horror of 37,000 Feet with William Shatner, where they have a, like a... Creature um, on the wing. No, it, it, <laughs> it, it's like similar, but it's got this... I think they have a sarcophagus, so I, I didn't include it in with the same things. I think it's an Egyptian curse. With it, So they're all stuck on this plane and this... With a mummy? Yeah. <laughs> it's not a mummy. It's like some, some, some form of curse kicks in. And oh, man. I've but been waiting anyway, for the mummy revival. Roy Thinnes, Yvette Mimieux, who was in uh, Time Machine, <clears throat> Raymond Henry Silver, Gloria Graham. Uh, oh, wow. And it's a TV movie about Satanism in the Old West. Fantastic. Uh, I have not seen it. I'd like to see that. Black Noon. Gunslinger Devil. So, the next, uh, so in 1971, you get The Devils, director Ken Russell, which still hasn't come out properly. Uh, no. Still waiting on that one. So, Numb Exploitation classic yeah oliver reed okay. grave. oliver reed the curse of the werewolf oliver reed that one, i wish like someone like criterion put that out properly because you can't see the full thing you've probably heard of this movie because really, i've heard of it yeah it really kicked off like uh uh it wasn't the first witch hunting movie obviously no. but kicked off the whole non-exploitation thing well maybe maybe scream factory will put it out yeah i, I prefer criterion to do it well sure uh, okay, uh, 1971, The Devil's Nightmare. I think this is Belgian, director Jean Brismy, uh, where the devil steers seven travelers to a mansion where the cursed daughter kills each as they commit a deadly sin. That one's pretty good. It's really yeah, well, well shot. Good. Yeah, The Devil's Nightmare. Um, 1971, Diabolical Shudder. Director <laughs> That's Jorge about window shutters? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Satanist sacrificing people in a Spanish castle. Not seen that one. Uh, 1971, don't Deliver Us From Evil, director Joel Serra. Girls play at Satan Worship. And then 1971, I Drink Your Blood. Have you heard that one? No. We talked about that director one. Director David Durston, Rabid Satanist Hippies. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's like kind of, it's kind of like Last House on the Left. It just goes out of its way to be gory and horrible. Yeah. It's kind of an early entry in the, like, the Manson family sort of horror movie. Oh, man. I Drink Your Blood. Yeah. It's it offends everyone. Yeah, we talked about how that could be on a triple bill. I drink your blood, I eat your flesh, I spit on your grave. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it was it was on a it was put out on a double bill with I eat your skin. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to suggest I spit on your grave. I think it would be agreed. Oh, she she comes up later. There's a time there. Nineteen seventy one, the Mephisto Waltz, director Paul Wenkus, Jacqueline Bisset, Alan Alder, Satanic Soul Swapping. That's the one where it's got the dogs who have human faces. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. But apart from that, that's a really striking bit. But 
apart from uh, I don't remember much about that. It's yeah, it's Alan Alda. It's probably pretty dull. <laughs> okay, 1971, Queens of Evil, director Tonino Chervi. The devil uses three women to remind youngsters of the good old days of sin and guilt. Sounds fantastic. Not seen that one. Okay, next one. I really like this one. Uh, 1972, Lisa and the Devil, director Mario Barber. Okay. Starring Elke Summer, Telly Savalas, Silva Koshina, Alida Valley. Uh, Alida Valley is terrific in this. If you really liked her in uh, a lot of Paradine Case and Suspiria and mm, okay. Inferno, she this is she's really good in this one. Uh, she plays this like blind lady who has this house. Uh, okay, um, so Lisa and the Devil. Um, this was like a really personal film for Mario Bava. Mm-hmm. Didn't get released. It only played in theatres in Spain. You couldn't even see it in Italy until it came out on DVD. Wow. Uh, so it was a commercial disaster. So what they did was they recut it. They stuck in Elke Summer throwing up frogs and and released it as House of Exorcism. That's pretty hot. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so she's she's with this coach load of tourists visiting Toledo in Spain. And in the town square, there's this awesome it looks really good uh fresco depicting the devil carrying dead souls away and he happens to look like this character she meets in the shop played by Teles Valis. um and she's drawn to this morbid dream reality with this sinister people and Savalas is this like lollipop sucking butler <laughs> oh uh, fantastic uh, before so... he sucked a lollipop in kojak wow um who looks like the devil in the painting um yeah uh, Sounds good. It's a yeah. It's a, it's quite a beautiful melancholy movie. Um, yeah, um, definitely see it before you see House of Exorcism. Okay, because <laughs> that that's just confusing. Uh, okay, um, so I've lent that to you. <clears throat> yeah, and I've lent you 1972 Tragic Ceremony. Okay, this is directed by Ricardo Frida. Uh, under the guise of Robert Hampton. And Frida, if you know Italian horror, he directed the first Italian horror movie, which is this film called I Vampiri, 1957. Okay. And uh, he he works on these two movies where he didn't complete the movies and Mario Bava finished them off. Oh, okay. Uh, so they look really good. Yeah. The, the, Bava was the DP on those. Uh, so he did he did uh, I Vampiri and Kaltiki, the Immortal Monster in 59. And he, he did these films with uh, Barbara Steele in the early 60s, um, The Horrible Dr. Hitchcock and The Ghost. No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they're really uh, they're, they're, you know, moody Italian Gothic horror. Okay. And he did, did this uh, giallo called uh, Iguana with a Tongue of Fire in 71. All right. But, yeah, um, Tragic Ceremony, I wouldn't say it's good. <laughs> uh, I've got I've got a, quite a bit on this. Shall I go through it? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Why not? Okay. Four brats on a beach trip in England in their, like, beach buggy. Yeah. Are led to the house of the Alexanders, who are played by Luciana Paluzzi and Luigi Pistilli. Okay. Uh, you, you'll recognize them if you've seen any number of westerns and yeah. stuff from the 70s. And Luciana Paluzzi was in Thunderball and Greenslime. Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, the friends are Joe, who's a bum. Fred, who tinkers with the guitar. Bill who's the son of rich parents who offered his mother a pearl necklace which belonged to an exercised woman, and Jane, played by Camille Keaton, who was, uh, she who, she was in I Spare in Your Grave. 
Oh, okay. Oh, okay. and she'd uh, she'd gone to Italy to try and do a Clint Eastwood and and you know work in Italian films for a while. And so she was in this Jello called uh, "What Have You Done to Solange," and she was in uh, Decameron Two. So uh, Bill has regifted the necklace to Jane, and the Alexanders are hosting a satanic ceremony, and Jane is drawn through the mansion. And she's carrying a candelabra and she's got filmy nightgown and there's billowing curtains and everything, you know. Yeah, good Italian, usual. Italian gothic stuff. She breaks her pearl necklace. She ends up lying on a sacrificial slab, but Joe, Fred and Bill bust in. Bill accidentally stabs Lady Alexander. The Satanists go nuts and kill each other. And this gets really gory for a couple of minutes. Uh, head splitting, head chopping, squibs, stabbing, burning. Um, Joe, Fred, Bill and Jane return to a lonely gas station they stopped at earlier but now it's abandoned after they leave a police car pulls in cop one says did you ever meet Sam David cop two says no who was he the owner of this gas station he died some 15 years ago so he was a strange guy I think that there was a rumour going round that he was the devil or a close relative go ahead I thought this silliness only got around in Scotland Huh. <laughs> okay. Kind of got this Edward <laughs> flavour coming in. So back at the house, the police find the necklace and a guitar, so they immediately suggest that the massacre was done by hippies. Duh. Lady Alexander's body is missing. Joe, Fred, Bill and Jane hide out at Bill's dad's lodge. Bill turns up blue-faced and drooly in a closet. Joe is mad at Jane, and he says, What were you doing on that altar? And they make out. Fred Definitely Edward sounding. <laughs> Fred freaks but gets his throat cut. Joe and Jane flee on a motorbike. They make out. Jane is unresponsive. Joe looks down and realises the bottom of her face is scraped off. He flees and crashes into a river where Jane watches him drown. Cut to Hackles Cross Mental Home. Jane is in shock. The doctor tells the inspector to be patient. In her room, Jane holds a pearl from the necklace. Flashes back to the massacre and you get, you're treated to seeing the head being split with a sword three times. Uh, the green glowing spirit of Lady Alexandra appears, walks out of the asylum, and a chauffeur, who is the satanic gas station attendant, drives her away. Jane's body is in bed, stabbed with a ceremonial dagger. The nurses, the inspector, and the doctor enter the room. The inspector goes, but who could have killed her? Then you get this speech from the doctor, and you've only met him like five minutes previous in the movie, and he's just come into this room, and there's this dagger from nowhere which is buried in the chest of Jane, okay? Okay. Okay, so without blinking, he says, No one killed her. For the simple motive, Inspector, that the girl was already dead, I'm aware that what I'm saying may seem absurd, certainly mad. I'm sorry, but I can't possibly give another explanation for this mysterious death. When Jane was in that room during the Black Mass ceremony, she probably found herself under the influence of a drug administered by Lady Alexander to prohibit her from reacting. Under these conditions... Jane left her body, remaining united to her physical self via a spiritual tie. Then Lady Alexander killed her. The lady had exceptionally mediumistic powers. At the precise time of her death, when the extrasensory faculties are stimulated to their utmost degree, her spirit was ready to penetrate Jane's body. From that moment on, the spirit of Lady Alexander dom dominated Jane's body, in spite of the other's efforts to return to its own body. But it was all a useless struggle. Now Jane's real death bears the rebirth of Lady Alexander. Search for her, find her, and you will have the true guilty party and also the explanation of this mystery. The end. So, wow. So full That's penetration. A nice wrap up. Okay. <laughs> they even put a the end on the end. Yeah. I like when that happens. It's great. Well, he actually says fine. Yes, of course. 
wonder why they threw that ending in. What was the... I don't know. There was some problem there? Like, not wrap it up or... Yeah. But it's great. I love it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Okay. 1972. Who fears the devil? This is about country guitarist versus the devil in North Carolina. Sweet. Um, Might have inspired the song, The Devil Goes Down to Georgia. I do not know. Uh, 1973. Les Demoniacs. Director Jean Roland. Uh, the Devil Empowers Two Women to Take Revenge on a Gang. Uh, 1973, The Devil's Daughter, a satanic cult, tries to marry a woman off to a devil. And then 1973, you get the big one, The Exorcist. Yes. Which we've reviewed. We've, we've covered. Um, did you know exercise comes from the Greek for out and oath? Oh, okay. Fact. That, that Fact. That's a good fact. Right. 1973, <clears throat> Curse of the Devil. This is one of the uh, Voldemar Deninsky series, okay. Spanish Wolfman series by uh, Paul Nashke, a.k.a. Jacinto Molina. Um, he has said, oh, this is for Stephen Graham Jones, if he's listening. On one occasion, when my mother asked what I wanted to be when I grew up, I replied, a werewolf. <laughs> Stephen probably has said that. <laughs> <laughs> so this is in this one like there's this uh, curse on Daninsky by Satan and a bunch of witches and he gets turned into a werewolf and Satan gets played by a man in a leotard who gets to have sex with all the witches yeah sounds about right <laughs> yeah that was the 70s for you okay here's well, I was going to say it was from the bible <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's, a, here's another TV movie for you Poor Devil Failed TV Pilot starring Sammy Davis Jr. Ooh. Christopher Lee as Lucifer and Adam West. Oh my God. This could have been a series? <laughs> yeah, it okay. could have been, but it failed. Okay, do you have any details? I've not seen it, no. No details? No. It, Evidently. Well, it's like Sammy Davis Jr. is he's like an aspiring devil, but he's no good at it. He was evidently a Satan, uh, a member of the Church of Satan. Was he? Yes, because really? it allowed him to pick up girls easily. <laughs> Like his fame and fortune wouldn't do that. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Evidently, Sammy Javis Jr. just about never slept. I don't know what he was on, but... <laughs> Man. All right, then we get to Satan's School for Girls, TV movie. Which we watched. Yes, and thank you. I've not seen it for a long time. Yeah, I've not seen this for... 15 years maybe mm-hmm. and it was a new movie for me yeah i actually enjoyed it yeah I, I, uh it may be because i watched satan's cheerleaders before it and yes. <laughs> anything's gonna feel like citizen kane after that yeah dog turd of a movie so, so did you watch it i only got about 15 or 20 minutes into it and i was nodding off so i turned oh, it okay. off and i thought oh well, yeah i'll get back to it yeah yeah but then i had the far more important satan's cheerleaders to watch which, if I could have that hour and a half of my life back oh, and have watched this other movie right. all the way through, I probably would have. I got to the point of The Hanging mm. and some stuff right after that. And that's yeah. about when I was like, I am not going to make it through this movie. Yeah. So this could also be known as um, Charlie's School for Angels. Yeah. You know, it definitely had the Charlie's Angels. Oh, like it, Kate Jackson was in it. Kate and Jackson. Uh, Cheryl Ladd. Yeah, and Cheryl yeah. Ladd. And... Aaron Spelling was the producer. Exactly. I saw that on the intro credits, mm-hmm. and I said, oh, Spelling? It had the liver-spotted hand of Aaron Spelling. Yeah, it's the, uh, the uh, actual star is Pamela Franklin. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll watch Kate Jackson in anything. She's yeah. Um, and she's, she, 
in the credits, she's Jamie Smith Jackson, and Cheryl Ladd is Cheryl Stoppelmower. <laughs> but it's also got Roy Thinnis in it, and Lloyd Bockner and Joe Van Fleet. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and it's got really cool uh, music by Lawrence Rosenthal. Um, but yeah, I, I really like uh, 70s US TV horror. Yeah, they're the I kind don't... of dark photography. Mm-hmm. And I love those red carpets and the dark wood they have around. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I like how, because on TV, they have to pitch to uh, a broad audience. They can't mm-hmm. go and they can't use gore or anything. Yeah. So they kind of, the techniques are kind of old fashioned and yeah. Hitchcockian. And, and, but you also have this kind of, um, um, because it's the normal TV ideal life, you know, you've got sunny California usually. Yeah. But then something's bubbling up. So you get these the anxieties of the day are kind of bubbling up mm-hmm. into this normality, but yeah, yeah, I, I just I, I like this one a lot. Yeah, it was it was a good one. All right, and then after this, you get 1974 Abbey, director William Girdler, starring Wait, William is, Marshall. Is this the Black Exorcist? Yeah. Okay. It's terrible. It's, it's, it's got Blackula in it. Yeah, and it still sucks. It it's really bad. Oh it's man. It's boring. How's the makeup on Abby? Assuming she's the girl it, possessed. It's so cheaply done. It's yeah. It just looks like putty and paint. And it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't do anything original with the exorcism. Really, it's it's just because it's got a black cast. It's different. It, hmm. And it's not. It's not. You know, uh, an upper middle class white family having trouble with their daughter's sexuality. You know, it's a poor uh, family. You know. Um, but that, that probably makes it sound more interesting than it is. It, it's bad. <laughs> well, if anyone's tempted to watch it, just watch Blackula instead. You'll be yeah, a lot happier. Definitely. I mean, that that was fun. I really enjoyed it. Is that on Netflix? Um, where did I see? I th- it doesn't matter. I'll yeah, find you'll it. Find I've it. seen Blackula before, but it's, again, been years and years and years. They surprised me with a, a little bit of homophobia I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Not that I didn't expect it mm-hmm. from the time. It's just like, why did you throw that in there? I don't understand. <laughs> uh, yeah, then also in 74, you get the Antichrist, a.k.a. the Tempter, which is a good like exorcist ripoff, also with the leader Valley. Uh, it's, it's like a... It's, it's got decent photography in it because it's, it's uh, shot by Aristide Massachesi, who, under the name Joe D'Amato, did some notorious films. Joe D'Amato. Yeah, look him up. I mean, they're hard to see. They're pretty extreme. Okay. He did this one called Blue Holocaust, which is like the most beautifully shot pageant of disgusting things. <laughs> it just goes way out. Of it kind of starts off with necrophilia and... And it gets worse? <laughs> wow. Yeah, he, he did some of the uh, Emmanuel series. Okay. He did Emmanuel and the Cannibals, I think. He did some of those ones which were... Which cross porn and horror, like yeah, gory horror, as if you'd want both those things. In one yeah, movie. who wants those? <laughs> but, um, I think there's a whole bunch of people who do. Yeah, I mean, obviously they were. Oh yeah, yeah, they yeah, they sold well. You know, nothing like being turned on, knowing that you're going to see someone's guts spilling in the next minute. That's hot. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, anyway, the the uh, Antichrist got a score by Bruno Le Calai and Ennio Morricone. If you want to check that Ooh. out. Uh, 
And then another, uh, there's one called Beyond the Door in 74, which is a big hit in the US. Yes. But that's another Italian exorcist movie. I remember those terrifying commercials um, for either the original or the sequel. And uh, that was one of those when you're a kid, it scares you right out of the room. But uh, yeah, I don't want to go through all of these because there's quite a few. In 74, there's so many coming out from Spain and Italy and... This is post Exorcist. Anyway, seventy five. We get to race with the devil, and you've you've seen that one, right? Um, he has a copy. I have a copy. He's have, watched no, it. Yeah, I don't think I have. Okay, I watched that I a long you, time you were both ago. Can watch that one. Uh, I didn't. I downloaded three movies, and that was okay. That no. was about all oh, I yeah. was going to get through. Oh, right. I've seen Race with the Devil. I borrowed your copy. Okay, it's been a long time now, but. <laughs> I gave it to you. you yeah, you yeah. put it in here. It's okay. it's a good one. Yeah, the first thing you notice is that the typeface is the same as Halloween. Oh, I, nice. I couldn't find out what it was, but... It's oh, cool. nice. I wonder... Yeah. The radio spot is like, when you race with the devil, you'd better run faster than hell. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, you, you can play them off the disc. It's, it's fun. Um, yeah, so this is directed by this guy who was known for biker movies and, mm-hmm. and violent westerns, uh, Jack Starrett, and he took over early in production so he was like directing on the fly a lot um and he he was originally slated to just play the station attendant okay but uh when the first director like the somebody didn't didn't like the job he was doing and he got thrown out so they like hey jack oh wow you, you've done some movies oh man <laughs> you did run angel run um but this has got warren oates in it <laughs> my favorite line from him is when they were they're watching the they, they they accidentally see this ritual going on and he mm-hmm. goes an, an orgy maybe but it's the way he says it is really funny he was in stripes he played uh sergeant hulka uh-huh so you got that yeah he's he's great yeah um yeah warren oates peter fonda they they done like this is like their third movie together um ginger the dog if uh dog warning there's two dead dogs in this movie um and it's pretty much a straightforward thriller. You know, they come across, they see things they shouldn't see, and then they have to. They're in. This, they've got this camper van. Yeah. Uh, they're they're driving through Texas, and they they get chased, and they don't know who's part of this coven or not. And their their wives are played by Lara Parker, who was in Dark Shadows, and uh, Loretta Swit, who was in Mash. Right. Yeah. Um, they they steal these books on the supernatural from this excellent little library and it's the shelf shelf they they go to these shelves and every other book is bi- biography but they they pick out these books on demonology and they steal them. Mm. Yeah. You can't be traced that way. But it's got it goes like full Mad Max about eighty minutes into it. Like uh-huh. this camper van getting chased by cars and trucks. Yeah, and yeah, it's uh, it's fun stuff. Um. Yeah, I'll try and just pick out highlights. There's, uh, there's a TV movie called uh, Look What's Happened to Rosemary's Baby in 1976. <laughs> uh, what's uh, happening now? Which I've not seen, but it sounds uh, pretty bad. Wait, Whatever happened one? to Rosemary's Baby? What, what's this one with Ernest Borgnine and John Travolta? Okay. Holy moly. The Devil's Reign, 1975. Ida Lupino, Ernest Borgnine, John Travolta. Wow. Uh, Borgnine is the reincarnation of a witch who collects souls in a bottle. Oh my gosh, darn witch! It's got this. Uh, you'll remember <laughs> the ending if you don't remember anything else. Travolta is barely recognizable. He's part of the cult and he's got a hood on and stuff. But okay. but you know, a couple of years later, they re-released the movie and and they put him as the star. 
Uh, You'd be so peed if you went to see it. They used to do that a lot. Yeah, but um, yeah, if you want to see Ernest Borgnine as the devil, yeah, this is the one to check out. Uh, Let's see. uh, Naked Exorcism. Richard Conti <laughs> uh, from 76 and also 76 you get the omen <clears throat> which we'll talk about on yeah, another yeah, show yeah. Um, yeah we'll give the devil his due the redeemer yes. son of Satan Satan's slave the sentinel that's another one from 76 that's I've seen I believe I've seen that directed by Michael Winner um, it's got a famously bad taste scene where he uses actual people who've like got various deformities to represent demons and things oh okay uh christina rains rents a brooklyn apartment built over a gateway to hell but it's got all these character actors playing small roles in it like um so you've got martin balsam john carradine jose ferrer ava gardner arthur kennedy burgess meredith eli wallach christopher walken wow christopher walken in an early yeah he must appearance. be early early film <laughs> wow okay uh What's Did you from... notice how bad John Carradine's arthritis looked in uh, the Sadist yeah, Cheerleaders? Yeah, he was really bad at that yeah, point. Yeah, it, it, it looked like it just hurt to have his hands. Yeah. yeah no point there, just wow. <laughs> just observation. Okay, uh, 76, To the Devil a Daughter, which is the last of the old Hammer films. Oh, uh, okay. I almost, uh, yeah, I almost downloaded this one. Yeah, I think, it, yeah, it's in that set I gave to you. Um, director Peter, Peter Sykes stars Christopher Lee. Richard Widmark, Nastasia nice. Kinski. Oh, nice. Wow. Honor Blackman, Anthony Valentine, Den Elliott. So they, they'd made a couple of uh, Dennis Wheatley movies before, um, The Devil Rides Out and The Lost Continent, which hadn't done very well. Yeah. So this is kind of the end of, of Hammer Horror this films? This is the last of the old Hammer So did, did they have like a big bonfire and all the, fr- <laughs> all the frilly shirts went on the fire? <laughs> peasant blouses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, uh, Christopher Lee was keen on these because he thought the weekly satanic films would warn people about the dangers of such worship. Oh, sure. Um, or lure them into it. So the first two weekly films hadn't made much money, but after The Exorcist, one of the uh, one of the finances you know, saw, you know, he he put in money, so they could take another shot at it. Yeah. They updated the novel, which is set in like the forties, I think. Uh, Peter Sykes wanted Klaus Kinski to be in it too, as well as Nastasia. Oh wow! But uh, Klaus Kinski said that he he was too unstable to work more than ten days in a, at a time. He was famously sounds difficult right. to work with. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like everything about Klaus was just batshit crazy. Um, the script was still being written 10 days into production. Ooh. Um, Who they think they are? World War Z? Yeah. Richard Widmark was really, he was pretty peed about the conditions that he was filming under. Um, the intended climax involved Christopher Lee being lured out of this protective circle mm-hmm. and being zapped by lightning. But then someone said... Well, didn't he already get zapped by lightning at the end of Scars of Dracula? So they had to like cobble together another ending. Oh no! Where uh, so instead Richard Woodmark conks him on the head with a rock and he disappears. Wow, oh, not as. But exciting. anyway, it's an interesting movie. It's like really slow burn. There's nothing untoward happens for about twenty minutes. You get Nastasha Kinski as this like virginal nun being brought off this island in Bavaria and and taken to England. And uh, yeah, so you, you wonder, you know, when's the Satan stuff going to kick in? But it, <laughs> but it does, it does. Uh, and it's, it's, I, I enjoy it most. On the ending is just 
kind of scrappy, you know, the thing they threw together. But it's interesting. Then uh, seventy-seven, you get the car. The car, I never heard of it. AKA wheels. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about that for like an hour and a half, couldn't we? We could. <laughs> yeah, why don't we? Uh, seventy-seven, the Devil's Son-in-Law, starring Rudy Raymore. Not Polly Shore. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. And The Exorcist Two, The Heretic. Yeah, not not oh, a big no. year for good Satan movies. No. Good against evil. Starring Dak Rambo. Dak Rambo? <laughs> what? Richard Lynch. Dan O'Hurley, he was in Halloween 3. Kim Cattrall in an early <gasps> appearance. Kim Cattrall. And that's a TV movie with a similar plot to uh, To the Devil a Daughter. Oh, okay. And it was written by Jimmy Sangster, who wrote Hammer movies. Okay. Uh, then you get this Omen ripoff called uh, Holocaust 2000. So it, it was chosen. Set, it was set in the future, the distant future, <laughs> when there would be robots yes. and hover cars everywhere. Yep. Right. So uh, Simon Ward is the Antichrist. Ennio Morricone score. It's fun. I'm not saying it's good. Same director as uh, the Antichrist, Alberto Di Martino. Um, Satan's Blood. Satan's Cheerleaders. Ah, which we watched. <laughs> my oh God. My. Anything else you bad. Can say about that? <laughs> bad, well, bad see. movie. So you've got you've got the DP is Dean Cundy who worked on like the great John Carpenter films. Yes. And the script supervisor was Deborah Hill. Oh. Who produced the Carpenter films. Really? Yeah. How did I not notice that? Because I, I didn't think watch she's the credits. actually credited. Oh. I just looked it up in a book because I didn't have the internet. A book, a you book. say? Yeah. Hmm. I don't even know how to use one of those anymore. <laughs> the um, the movie Satan's Cheerleaders had super 70s everything. Yeah. If you want to see how shitty clothes really looked in the 70s, you know, all these people try to do this revisionist thing where they reintroduce, hey, this really funky, cool era known as the 70s or the 80s. Mm. It's like, no, if you want to see how horrible fashion really was, just watch a movie with a more pedestrian viewpoint. Mm. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, this one not as bad as others, but it was just—it was a terrible time. Terrible it was a time terrible for, movie, <laughs> and a terrible movie from a terrible time. Um, I did put a few notes together here that uh, it was porn caliber acting. Yes, um, I thought that one of the girls—now I won't remember her name—but I believe maybe it was Debbie. She's the one who always runs off into the bushes with. Yeah, one of them sounded like. Uh, Sally, Charlie Brown's sister. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, there were a couple lines she read with the same kind of deadpan that kid, vo- kid voice and then the cadence. Yeah. Charlie yeah. Brown. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, when they were on the beach, that enemy group comes swaggering up. Yes. I have a note here. They swaggered up like the shitty craft. Um, they, they did the walk like on the cover of the the craft oh yes it was but they were the shitty okay. craft <laughs> i thought that was just the regular craft and then they have <laughs> then they have this dumb argument this really stilted written yeah thing. there were lines in this that didn't make any sense no. right? the people just read them like they had learned them phonetically yeah they say right. first they say uh it's not your beach it's everyone's beach and then they say it's our beach yeah and they have a chicken fight yeah, is 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 this going to be uh, 
what the hell is the Transformers series all over again? (laughs) Negating everything they just said. (laughs) Oh, man. The janitor had a rhinestone studded shirt. Yes. It's kind of fancy for a janitor. That was so 70s. And there was one part where he turned and it just about blinded me. (laughs) It caught the sunlight. I I had ducked. Just about singed my hair. Uh, There's a ceremony at night and you see the first appearance of Yvonne DiCarlo. Of course, Lillian Munster. Mm-hmm. Beautiful woman, even older. She was still uh, very attractive. Um, Ms. Johnson, the cheerleader um, leader. Uh-huh. The yeah. cheerleader leader. The, the teacher. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, she's unbelievably naive. Yeah, she's like so happy and smiley all the way through until... Just dumb as a rock. And even after she gets raped, it's like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they she, take it so lightly in this movie as well. They do, like a couple times. They're like, oh, yeah. again? Like Patty gets... That's like three times today. <laughs> yeah, and everyone else is just, all her friends are just joking about it. Stuff, yeah. Stuff happens. Yeah. <laughs> everyone is just two-dimensional. I mean, th- this whole movie, like even the people who are capable of acting can't get outside of the bad writing, really, to speak of. I, I like the dogs. Yeah, the, well, the dogs did a good job. Diablo and... And uh, uh, Lucifer, or whatever. Lucifer and Diablo. Yep, yeah. yep. Like they do a good job. They're yeah. well-trained dogs. I was impressed by the dogs. Yeah, they were, when they were told to stop it and go over here, they would Best stop. Best actors in the film. <laughs> they had little, little milk bone like uh, Oscars that they could, they could eat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> edible trophies for the dogs. Would have been great. Um, the the locker room switcheroo where the guys put the oh, yeah. the sign on the door that says it's the boys' locker room. Mm-hmm. So the coach doesn't know where his own locker room is. Right. Yeah. And then they introduce the whole scene with a dopey tuba. Like, like there's tuba music that is just, just dumb. Yeah. It's, it's so it's bad. so bad. And then, um, he, he takes in, who is he with? He's like the inspector and the, yeah, principal. I don't know who that person was and his secretary and yeah. they just wander into the locker yeah. room and then they don't leave yeah they're just looking at these girls and the yeah. muttering the overdubbed muttering from the coach <laughs> is so unbelievably bad it's way worse than the bad foley noises later in the movie yes oh it's, oh that coach was something else oh the if if you can get it's just past 20 minutes in the movie if anyone really well if go to 20 minutes see the nudity right after the creepy janitor who turns out to be a satanist the locker room switcheroo happens. This can't be more than 25 minutes in. Just just listen for the bad muttering. Yeah, I, I, I think about this point when you just see one of the girls topless. Yeah. Uh, I realized how far this movie was going to go in terms of its exploitation. Uh-huh. Not very at all. Yes. No. Uh, nothing, you weren't going to see anything. You weren't going to see much more. Yeah. No, that was it. You, 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 but before the internet. Yep. <laughs> Man. That's all you could get. Um, the janitor gets caught peeking through the wall, uh, through that little grate, and uh, plans revenge. But also off camera has made some deal with Sheriff Beelzebub. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to run the girls off the road and make them have to hitchhike or whatever. Or hurt he, something where he, he didn't visit them to the altar, doesn't he? Yeah, he lures him over to this altar, and uh, we think but he gets... He, he goes out of control, doesn't he? Because he, he's not even able to steer, and they, yeah. they arrive at the altar. So I don't know what his plan is. Yeah. Like, how did he make them stay in a group? It didn't make any sense. 
And no one was wearing their safety belt, by the way, when, right. they, were, when they arrived. This is the 70s. Yeah. Well, no one wore them. I mean, they had to you make know, a law. They didn't even put the tailgate up when they got in the back yeah. of the truck. Yeah. They were just like, oh, If we bounce out, we bounce out. <laughs> yeah. So the... Don't fall out. That would be your safety <laughs> advice then. Don't fall out. Yeah. That's what they had posters around the school. And yeah, don't fall the, out. In the police station. Don't fall out. Of the don't car. fall out. <laughs> yeah, it was like, uh, just pitch in and don't fall out. <laughs> don't fall out. Just, just grab a good fistful of the shag carpet and, and don't hang fall on. out. Are they going to have like a, a Native American guy writhing on the ground with one tear coming out of his eye? <laughs> don't fall out. Don't fall um, out. There's a, there's a powerful idol of a cowardly lion. Yeah. Could they not find someone to make a paper mache goat for fuck's sake? <laughs> I mean, honestly, how hard was it? They just took an existing cowardly yeah, lion. It looks looking... like it's prized off like the, the wooden decoration of an old building or something. Yeah. Stuck on a post. Yeah. yeah. And which, you know, when it starts getting uh, rattled around later, we see that it's not really stable. What, you know, it's plastic. Yeah. It's, it's a wooden box with a lion head. When, uh, and I have a few more notes here. When we see the sheriff's wife, Emmy, uh, that's the Yvonne DiCarlo character, she blatantly speaks Satanese to um, Patty. Yes. And, and no one Pat- seems to notice. Nobody notices, but Patty understands. Yeah. It's like the secret handshake. Oh, yeah. Yep, yeah, gotcha. Right back at you, Satan. Um, so, getting back to the argument, <laughs> is this worse than Rock and Roll Nightmare? Um, it's, y- yes. Is yeah. it? Yes, it is. Because so I were, thought... Were, were it, you bored by Rock and Roll Nightmare? It doesn't sound like you were. Ooh, I don't think I was ever bored by Rock and Roll Nightmare. It was more of a spectacle. That's the but, cardinal sin of exploitation. Yes. You're bored. I was bored at times in Satan's Cheerleaders. Yes. I thought Satan's Cheerleaders told a story. They actually told an entire story. Okay. Whereas... Uh, rock and roll, rock and roll nightmare threw in that unneeded twist at the end. After he fights the devil, you turn. It turns out he drives all over Canada fighting the devil. Yeah, places where hauntings happen. I don't know, they, but the story didn't make any damn sense. He's like so, a devil exterminator. So maybe it was worse. I really cannot decide. <sighs> I think. So I think stru- I have it structurally. It was better, but. Yeah. As an entertainment, it was worse, maybe? Yeah, I think so. Because Rock and Roll Nightmare is just unbelievably bad. Relentlessly bad. Yeah. Whereas this is just dull and bad for a long point. <laughs> it seems like the badness comes from a place of laziness more in mm. this one, this Satan's Cheerleaders one. Yeah, they did not have enough movie. And were they Satan's Cheerleaders at all, really? No. One uh, of them sort of was. They, they kind of use the hexing at the end don't they yeah yeah i guess they got on board with the idea at the very end Um, i took it that patty was already a witch or a satanist yeah yeah she had latent powers or something yeah but she seemed to have a grasp on them so maybe she was just keeping it a secret i i i'm I'm glad i saw it finally because when i was a kid my grandfather had this he, he was a butcher uh-huh. And then, like the guy who took over the shop from him, turned it into a butcher's slash video store. Those go together. <laughs> and uh, and one of the the faded old video cassettes he had in the window was Satan's cheerleaders. So it had like a group of women, 
and then John Carradine standing behind them. Oh, man. But I never got to see it. So. Well, no. Now that curiosity has been sated. Sated? Well, I'm glad I Hail could Hail Satan. I was amazed it was on there and, wow. and readily available. Mm-hmm. And so. Satan's School for Girls is on YouTube. If anybody, yeah, that's where wants I found to it. Watch it. Check it out. Um, they did a lot with mechanical sound effects and blaring, like red. Some I don't know how they did that red effect over the camera. Yeah, it's kind of a solarization. Thing. Yeah, but they did. They got so me- metallic and echoey with Yvonne DiCarlo that you couldn't understand her past. Oh point. yeah, at some point, yeah, her reverb was. Yeah, it was yeah, so yeah. bad. She's going on about, like, kill them, mutilate them. Yes, yeah. she keeps saying that. <laughs> and there are terrible little pentagrams with a doll eye in it. Would just Yeah, they look like they were made out of, like, like uh, Play-Doh. Yeah, Play-Doh and sticks. You know, <laughs> yeah. just... you know the, like, the revival tent hasn't been through this town because it's called Nether, and the, the sheriff is called B.L. Bub. Yes. And then he's got this huge pentagram over his fireplace. Yeah. He's not hiding anything. No. No. Yeah, if, I mean, if the, if they're if they're not wearing it on their sleeve, I don't know what they're doing. But uh, it's an hour and twenty one in uh, a long hour. Yeah, in, into the movie before we see that Patty is indeed a witch. Um, the Dobermans attack uh, Emmy, the Yvonne De Carlo character. Um, I, I put here Dobermans. Or are they Dobermen? Doberman. <laughs> What's the plural of Doberman? Dobermans. <laughs> the Dobermen attack. I am Doberman. <laughs> if you want uh, to see it, uh, in 1978, there was a film called Devil Dog, The Hound of Hell, which is a TV movie broadcast on Halloween. And it's actually pretty good. It's, it's director is Curtis Harrington, who did some really good TV movies. Okay. And it stars Richard Krenner and Yvette Mimieux again, and Martine Beswick. All so right. So that, that makes it, you know, essential viewing. But... It's got this this title, Devil Dog, the Hound of Hell. You think, oh, it's going to be stupid and dopey. Yeah. But it it just plays it straight, and it's uh, so it delivers. Yeah. I have to watch. It's that good one. stuff. Before we get completely away from Satan's sure, cheerleaders, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. who wants to tell our listeners the great Scooby Doo moment with, at, at the end with the sheriff? Do you remember? No, I've blocked this movie out already. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, it's all new to me. Okay, so it's it's. The Satanists finally watched this two days ago. All right, so the Satanists finally catch the girls. It's oh, it's yeah, midnight. Yeah. Okay. One of them says, "Let go of me, goon!" <laughs> and uh, the lion statue, the cowardly lion, clearly wants a virgin. Um, and Patty totally throws the sheriff under the bus by exposing mm-hmm. him as a fraud. Yes. And then he reaches down and produces a tape recorder that's making the Satan sounds from mm-hmm. behind the lion statue. Yeah. That wow, was, I missed that. That was so Scooby-Doo. I yeah. missed that completely. I tuned it out by that time. <laughs> I, ex- I wanted it to be over. I expected someone to yank a, a rubber mask off of the janitor. Yeah. <laughs> so the janitor uh, was the janitor all along. Yeah, and but the janitor stabs him because he's still mad about not getting the little blonde girl. Yeah, he comes girl. back from the dead or something. Yeah. It's hard to make out whether he was supposed to look dead. And then, of course, they cut to the football game and Patty's commanding Billy's ability to play. And that's the end of that one. Um, but it got so Scooby Dooby at the end there. It was, it was just like, Hey, you think we can't get any worse? We're going to rip some stuff off from some cartoons, yo. For the following year, uh, John Carradine was in Satan's mistress, 
which didn't even get released until the early 80s. Mm. It was that good. But it's got Brit Eklund in it. So there was no such thing as direct video misfits. <laughs> oh. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, 1978, there was The Evil with uh, Victor Buono as the devil lurking beneath a haunted house. That was actually pretty good. I think I've pretty seen well that done. one. Yeah, The Evil. There's a lot of these. Wow. Yeah. You uh, said there were over 60. Over 60. Uh, the Legacy, director Richard Marquand. Okay. He's done some pretty big movies. Now, the art on that one is the is the screeching cat with a yeah. hand, yeah. hand yeah. sticking yeah. down yeah. out yeah. of it. What the hell this does that even mean? People get lured to this house. Um, so there's Catherine Ross, Charles Gray, Roger Daltrey, who gets this tracheotomy, <laughs> emergency tracheotomy performed on him. Wait, the singer from The Who? Yep. Yeah. What? <laughs> it doesn't um, make no sense. Then in the house of the Satanist who wants to pass on his cult leadership. Hmm. Uh, one of the bits I remember from that, apart from the tracheotomy, is the uh, some people try to get away in a car and... Uh, no matter how they drive, they always end up coming back to the house. Ah. Uh, uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. 1979, you get the Amitable Horror, which is a house... Which is remembered... Once owned by a Satanist. Yes. And this one's remembered as being better than it actually is, from what, I, from what I'm hearing. Yeah, I watched it again recently, and yeah, which it's definitely the... kind of dopey. It's, it's got, like, James Brolin and Margot Kidder, so you've got yeah. good leads. It, it's entertaining you know it's not just the one with the killer lamp in it i know one of the sequels there's a killer lamp <laughs> like part three i think they're tormented by a lamp a get it off me single stocking leg no no but that'd be better kicking them it's been a long long time since i've seen it but i Wait, remember you... there was a killer lamp are you just remembering my story from last week <laughs> with the lamp <laughs> Yeah, the, the the 70s didn't really end well for Satan. No, uh, so or anyone else, really. 79, there was one called <laughs> Cataclysm, a.k.a. Satan's Supper. A.k.a. Satan's Boners. Uh, which has Cameron Mitchell in it. So oh, he, boy, yeah. Cameron Mitchell. There's this uh, Satan who at one point was a Nazi. <laughs> we can't go one episode and without he, uh, a Nazi. He, uh, this movie... It, oh. it uh, got edited into another movie called Night Train to Terror in 1985, which is a mind... The, the Night Train to Terror, they took three other horror movies, uh-huh. edited them down and made another movie out of it. And then they have Fernando Reyes, Satan, on a train talking to, I don't know if it's supposed to be God or, or yeah. someone, but they're, but they're talking about how many souls... Either one is going to win. Yeah. And then they, they splice in these three movies. And then and then at certain points, it breaks away to this terrible band playing this. For some reason, there's this pop band playing in this train. Okay. It, it's really. We've almost <laughs> Out gone there. We've almost gone the whole episode and nobody has said the name Rob Zombie. <laughs> right. So was he a producer on this? No. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I just no, had to say uh, You said Nazi. I said zombie. Okay. Director, director with Tom McGowan. And then the last one in the 70s I've got down is uh, Macabre, a.k.a. Demonoid. I know this one. With Samantha Egger. I think she was in The Brood. Yeah. Stuart Whitman. Uh, there's this, like, devil's hand relic that makes people kill. But, that uh, old story. Yeah, and then there's 
also in 79, there was Alison's birthday, whereas Satan cult seeks, seeks to turn Alison into a cult leader by transferring her spirit into a dead witch. Hmm. You know who um, the 70s did end well for? Who? Kiss. <laughs> they were kind of on top of their game. Oh, there was the Phantom of the Park. Oh, there? yeah, that. Mm. Yeah, that was pretty terrible. Yeah, they, were, they, they definitely hit, hit their peak around 78, didn't they? Yeah, in 79, I think they were still on the momentum for how well they were doing from 78. 1980, it became clear that they were they were not going to be... I think the second they appeared on Chips, <laughs> it was all over. Yeah. That was the final nail. I think they the said coffin. they said no to the love boat, so they just got Sonny Bono on there in some sort of a... Uh, kiss-like makeup do you oh, remember do you man remember? i don't really? remember that one. Oh my you have to look this up hopefully you could oh find my. the episode he is called deacon dark <laughs> nice and he has like an alice cooper slash gene simmons kind of makeup and like a derby uh-huh. and uh oh it's just bad it's wow. so bad <laughs> sunny, sunny bono. bono as a proto goth rocker yeah deacon dark deacon dark you won't believe it oh man we have to try and find this on youtube um satan had a pretty good run in the 70s but most of it was bad most of it was just subpar exploitation yeah you got some good tv movies like specter and satan's school for girls and and there was a couple of good movies i mean you had the omen the exorcist and you had damien omen too managed to squeeze in there right but yeah so yeah end end of the 70s you know the slasher boom kicks in yeah and uh, they're much cheaper to make. Yeah. And I found a lot of these, these Satan movies, you just end up with a bunch of guys in cloaks. Yeah, that's basically what happens in these. Uh, yeah, it's just... It's just... They, there's a lot of repeating of the seventh victim mm-hmm. where, you know, right, right. somebody investigating the Satanist. Yeah. Of course, the people she trusts are Satanists. Right. You know, it's, it hits all those marks. I'm sure that story's older than that too mm-hmm. yeah, i think the seventh victim is the first movie to do that wasn't it yeah i i'm not sure that's the first one i know of right. that i really like i recommend the seventh yeah. victim a lot but probably the, the a lot of the 70s ones are going off of rosemary's baby yeah that's another yeah 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 they just had to make ordinary people turn out to be satanists throw in the hoods at the end the chanting mm-hmm. you got it covered you know and can you imagine what it must have been like for people in like um, middle America who weren't exposed to a lot of unusual stuff to have this be like the NBC movie of the week or something mm-hmm. like that. And, and how must say that must have freaked them out. <laughs> I wonder what well, is playing to their fears, wasn't it? It was, yeah. you know, when we, and we did, uh, um, Gaspar from Slovenia, um, had said that, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that really freaked him out, because you know we talked about how you know what is it about something that makes it scary for you and uh and i think that what he said that was pretty important and we talked about that last episode is uh when you feel pretty safe and then something talks talks to you you know talks to your subconscious about you're not really safe Mm. i think that's where the real fear comes in and and a lot of these cults are uh based in small town yeah 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 out there in the desert or or the midwest midwest yeah yeah where it's just a lot of farm country around you and then 
It should some otherwise city people come through and yeah. The big the big threat should be that you're going to step on something rusty and get tetanus, <laughs> not that some satanist is going to sacrifice you at midnight. Yeah, but uh, apparently um, this gave rise to satanic panic only a few years later. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun time. It was. I Everything say. was blamed by on devil worship. It was easy to scare adults back then. Oh man! Yeah, and they can, you know, actual kids got locked up for it. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was terrible. People would people be, locked up over recovered memories and other nonsense. Oh man, the the fake memories. It's so bad. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. and that's another reason that uh, anyone who kind of finds this stuff interesting might want to listen to Sword and Scale because they do have a whole bit about those kids in uh, England who were saying that. Uh, there was a whole ring of uh, Satanist pedophiles, and it was all fabricated. The whole it turned thing... out it was just pedophiles. They weren't <laughs> Satanist. <laughs> yeah, the ones that were Satanists weren't pedophiles and vice yeah. versa. They were just celebrities and well-known media personalities. But it was so weird to hear the stories and, and just think, who are the morons that just believed this at face value? Because it sounded mm-hmm. really rehearsed. Yeah. And it was coming from the the kid's mother and the parents went through a bad divorce. So, wow, really? You fell for that? Shame on you, everybody. Shame on you, everybody. <laughs> Believe in everything you hear. Oh. But satanic panic finally, I think everything's just a big free for all now. Nobody cares about anything. Nah. No one's going to get panicked about a thing. We panicked about everything all the time. Yeah, which is kind so, of the same thing yeah, as no. There's a general air of apocalypse going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that uh, between the the police and those who would be against them, or the people the police would be against, and the politicians and the people who are you know for or against them, and guns and their owners and all this craziness that's are going you, on right now. I, I, the environment and terrorism and like the super volcano, you know, you name it. It's like we're doomed. And like Satan comes along, he's he's kind of a cozy. <laughs> he's the devil, like, you know. <laughs> a bunch of Midwesterners and cloaks, you know. That's just so old hat. That was that was a point I was making. Is that man? I, I'm nostalgic for some good I'm old nostalgic for Satan. <laughs> some good old Satan. Some old timey Satan. Old timey Satan. <laughs> because all the shit that's going on now is just out of control. You know, <sighs> should we wrap? I it? miss the order of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> you think we should wrap the, it up? The normalcy he provided. You knew where you were. Yeah, you knew exactly where you were. He <laughs> was lying to you. He's Don't like, believe him. He's, he's like a comfy old pair of shoes. Yeah. Should we wrap this up? I think so. Yeah, I think we've covered Satan pretty well. I think we have. Yeah. So. um yeah, I hope I hope our listeners took notes as they listened, and uh, can go and watch some good ones, or so, some bad ones. <laughs> so we'll probably bookend this episode with some Blue Oyster Cult and some Iron Maiden. Okay. What do you think we should do first? Well, at this point, it'll be apparent to our listeners. So never mind. <laughs> so <laughs> just pick one. Yeah. Flip a coin. Ooh, flipping a coin. I've got a good devilish trick for that. Okay. I've got a two-headed coin somewhere. Uh oh. Yeah. Not as cool as a two-headed dog, but uh, what are you going to do? 
All right, listeners, uh, thank you for listening. If you get a chance, rate, review, subscribe. It does help other people, other potential listeners find us. And uh, thanks again to the Moonrays for intro creature features at the top of the show. That one song that isn't Iron Maiden or Blue Oyster Cult, uh, that's the Moonrays. Um, and uh, you can find them on uh, Facebook if you want to say hi. If you want to buy their music, find them on uh, iTunes or Amazon. All right, there we have it. Another episode. What was this, number 46? 66. Six. <laughs> 466. Now this is number 46. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you. Hail Satan. Hail Stan.
can see him and hear him in this world every day. Satan is real, working with power. He can tempt you and lead you astray. I attended service at a little church in the country not long ago. A prayer was led by an old country preacher who then raised his hands as everyone stood and sang, My God is real. A warm breeze through the open windows brought in the smell of new mown hay in a nearby field, and the singing of birds could be heard in the moment of silence as the preacher opened his Bible to read. And then a little old man stood up, bent with age, his hair thin and white, and said, Preacher, tell them that Satan is real too. You can hear him in songs that give praise to idols and sinful things of this world. You can see him in the destruction of homes torn apart. I know that Satan is real, for once I had a happy home. I was loved and respected by my family. I was looked upon as a leader in my community, and then Satan came into my life. I grew selfish and unneighborly. My friends turned against me, and finally my home was broken apart. My children took their paths into a world of sin. Yes, preacher, it's sweet to know that God is real and to know that in him all things are possible. And we know that heaven is a real place where joys shall never end. But sinner friend, if you're here today, Satan is real too. And hell is a real place, a place of everlasting punishment. Satan is real, working in spirit. You can see him and hear him in this world. Tempt you and lead you astray.